Hey everyone, welcome to the Lost in Life podcast with me, Geshev Butt, and my special guest today, Anna Garcia. We're going to be talking about relationships and finding your purpose, whether you've been through a breakup, a difficult time, or you're already in a meaningful relationship. So keep listening. Just to give you a bit of a, an intro, if you're listening and you've not uh, seen the previous interview that I've done with Anna, Anna is one of my favorite coaches out there. Um, I have sent so many people um, to your relationships intensive event. I keep telling anyone who has uh, any kind of struggle when it comes to self-love, relationships, um, specifically women as well, because I know that's who you, you tend to work with most. Um, to your event. So Anna is uh, a relationships expert, a coach, a um, an author, best-selling author. I'm reading your book at the moment. And um, yeah, she runs this incredible free event. Uh, it's free, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, it called is, yeah. Relationships Intensive. And I'll let, I'll let you tell everyone what Relationships Intensive is all about. Yeah, sure. So Kesha, thank you so much for having me back on board. It's a delight, uh, absolute pleasure, and an honor to be one of your favorite coaches. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> so Relationships Intensive is a one-day event for women, and it is designed around, you know, whether someone is married, single, complicated, confused, or all of the above, it's for them, you know. It is about coming along and finding out what on earth is going on in my relationships and why is it happening. Um, and then, you know, people come along and essentially their experience is, Phew, I'm not the only one. I'm not going crazy. There's nothing wrong with me. And oh my goodness, me too. You know, and it's such an awesome sensation that, you know, when, when crazy person comes out, you know, we give the example that a lot of the time we're very Zen, Zen when we're single, but then when we're in a relationship, that crazy part of us <laughs> comes out. Right. So we have a good giggle and the laugh about the craziness. So it's a great platform for people to come and connect and to feel like they're not the only ones. And, um, and then from there onwards, look at, right, how serious is it or what is it that we really need to address? And then we take it from, from there. I love it. I love it. Um, and let, I mean, I have so many questions for you um, for based it. on reading your book as well. But I guess where I want to start, and I say this to everyone who comes on the podcast, um, especially for those people who have never heard of Anna Garcia, um, like why should people listen to you? Why do you have um, a story to tell and what makes you um, a credible authority for the person listening right now? Mm. I guess because I've messed up enough times, probably more than the average person that walks into my room again and again and again when it comes to relationships. I've been on the cynical side. I've been on the helpless side. I've been on the hopeless side <laughs> and, um, and ultimately never given up. That's, that's been the thing. And, um, you know, people say, Anna, why do you do relationships? And, um, it really stems from uh, a background growing up from an immigrant family and um, not having, um, let's see, the resources at home, emotional resources at home. And so my story began very, very young growing up with a mom who didn't have um, a lot of emotional resilience, uh, depression, anxiety, all of that. So never knowing where things were going to go, really. And I, and I come from the platform that each person is a CEO in their life. They're a chief energy officer. So, you know, wherever you go, your energy is always introducing itself before you do. 
So I learned from a very young age the influence that you have on the people around you. And why I focus on women per se is because I believe that in the home, women lead the way with the energy. You know, we were always kind of tiptoeing around our mother when she wasn't very happy. Everyone tiptoes around mum, depending on her mood, right? So <laughs> I know that if we impact mum or the wife or the girlfriend, it will have a massive impact on everyone else as well. Um, over the years, I've been facilitating now for over 16, 17 years. I've lost count, to be honest. Um, and now running large events with hundreds of women in that room and now having thousands and thousands of women and really identifying what the key problems are around relationships and being able to bring some light to that is, is an extraordinary honor um, and privilege and that's that's what we do on a monthly basis uh, we fill up rooms um, you know we run our events once a month and uh, they're packed you know we uh, we have so much fun and from there lots of women go on to our advanced programs and lives are really changing so um, why, why why listen well results really speak for themselves people keep coming back you know we've got mastery clients advanced grads who keep coming back and coming back to our events and it's because it's become like a lifestyle for them you know it's like and if I go to the gym three times four times a week why am I not going to put myself into a, a system which is educating me around relationships because it's one of those things that can trip you up a lot and if the quality of your relationships aren't in a great space it will have an impact on your whole life in general so it's not just romantic relationships but relationships in business partnerships you know work everything it has an impact particularly the way that you're relating to yourself is therefore how people are going to relate to you so that's pretty much something that I, I'm nailing with time I can never say that anyone nails it for good unless you're an yeah. avatar of some sort but uh, we're all on that journey and uh, I've just I, I really honestly I've just messed up so many times that it's just developed a sensitivity uh, within me and a vulnerability to be able to say you know what hands up I, I've, I've messed up you know and learning how to communicate non-reactively rather straightforwardly and, and being able to have those conversations so yeah that that's pretty much why why Anna Garcia in relationships perhaps yeah and um you know just for, for people that are listening the reason I say that you're like one of my favorite coaches out there is number one and you said this in your book um, it's not about how much you know it's about how much you care and you just said to me that a person's energy introduces themselves itself before they do and I still remember the first time we met I, I didn't really know who you were as such that much because um, we met via an introduction for the previous interview we did but you could immediately feel this um, magnetism, this charisma, this just a warmth. Uh, this is like a real warm energy. And it's so great to be around that. Um, you know, I've sent people that I love towards you to, to learn from you and your programs. And, and in the book, um, like I really appreciate now what it must have taken for you to choose to be that way. Because I think it's easy to be bubbly and happy and smiles if you've never been through things in life. But when you've been through things and you've made the choice that, listen, this is not a moment for me to get bitter. This is a moment for me to get better and to choose more and more love within my own tank first so that it, it, it lights the people up around me. And um, yeah, yeah that, that's like a huge reason. I think there's, there's a lot of um, coaches out there out there now and um i don't think i don't get that same authenticity from a lot of them and i think what you're doing is, is really really powerful um si since the the podcast is all about like feeling lost feeling stuck confused lost in life um 
like what what have been some of those moments for you where uh even now you kind of look back and you think man hey that was that was really sucky um because i'm a big believer that you know when we show each other our scars that's when we really connect uh and so i'd love to hear like you talked about some of those moments where you messed up um for the person who hasn't read your book which if you if you've if you're hearing about it for the first time go check it out on amazon it's called blossom and become i'll leave a link in the description but yeah what are some of those um those moments that where you kind of really messed up and what was that like for you could you just retell some of them yeah sure absolutely i just i remember waking up one morning with the sun coming up and the birds singing and feeling resentful for the sun coming up and feeling resentful that the birds were singing and not understanding why they were so happy and at the same time then suddenly feeling really guilty at the the blasphemy of it all like how dare I resent the sun coming up right I was like I was digging my heels I did not want to live I did not want to see another day that's how rock bottom I'd reached Uh, this was the point where I'd come out of uh, very recently come out of um, studying a degree Um, I was unemployed I'd recently come through a process of paternity issues where I'd I'd learned at the age of 24 that my dad wasn't my dad. And it's one of the worst things I could ever, you never imagine how bad something is until it happens to you. I wouldn't Mm. wish that on my worst enemy being daddy's little girl and then suddenly realizing, you know, so it was one of the the lowest points of my life. And on top of that, ending a relationship, because things always happen in threes or four relationship, being unemployed, um, you know, paternity issues, like every, Everything you could possibly imagine. And I just remember laying there going, what is the point? I, I, I don't want to do this. I'm digging my heels. I don't see, I, I couldn't see a way out of that darkness. It was so dark and it was so sad. It was just so heavy. And I just remember in that moment, I don't know where this, this thought came from or this voice in my head came from. And it just said, get up. It is not about you. Mm. Get up. It is not about you. Like, I was like, get up, it is not about you. Like, okay, what does that look like? And then the next thought, and it was about trusting your intuition, you know? And then my next thought was a, a, an ex-employer of mine or an ex-colleague of mine who was my manager at the time in a previous job. And I just felt like, you know what, let me just call him. Let's see how he's doing. And he'd set up his own company at the time. And it just so happens that in that moment of absolute grief, I had a, I had a thought come through, which was, do you know what? It's not about you. I thought, shit, okay, let's, if it's not about me, then how am I going to, you know, what, what can I do about this? All right. So I, that was the next person that came into my thought process. And I, and I trusted that. And I just gave that person the ring. It so happened that that person at that time needed precisely my skill set, precisely my skill set. And, and I just remember to this day that whenever I've been, no matter how much grief and a thought has come through and I've trusted that thought or that feeling or that intuition and I've actioned on it it's always ended up um, being that I was being needed somewhere. And the work that we went, that we then went on to do for the following two years allowed me and supported me to set up my own practice, my own, you know, my own business. Um, But that was a a key moment. And I just, you know, for anyone listening to this, no matter how dark or bleak it gets, right. There is always the next day, as long as you can just put one foot in front of the other. And I remember like, seriously, digging my heels I did not want to get out of bed and it got so heavy and lonely and it feels like no one can do anything for you and that was a moment I just made a decision I just just get up you know 
um, Mel Robbins has a wonderful five, four, three, two, one, right. Technique, which I now apply very often. I didn't have it then. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and now that's what I do. Five, four, three, two, one, regardless of emotion, just do that and just follow that gut feeling or that, you know, and it's incredible how many lives were then impacted because he was working with unemployed and doing a whole load of things. And it was incredible. It gave me a lifeline. Although I was mm. quote unquote helping so many people, actually, I was saving myself in that moment as well. So, um, yeah, that was one, that was one really, really hard, bleak moment. And it was where several things came together and I just completely lost my purpose. And it's in those moments where if you're listening, life will give you a little nudge and there's always somewhere where you can be of use, of value and your whole life perspective can change. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because it, it, I guess it makes me ask, um, actually, before I go to that question, something you said there was like, a big realization for you was it's not about you. Yeah. And <laughs> that's, I saw like, there's so many memes and stuff out there that, that play on this, but I, I love this idea that um, like half of the stuff that, that you're struggling with, maybe even 80% for some of you that are listening, it's, it's just your own doing. And if you can get out, if you can learn to get out of your own way and change the way you see the world, uh, you know, Wayne Dyer says it like you're, the way you see the world changes. And um, that sounds like a really big shift for you where it really, the penny dropped in a way. Um, and you started to see it as one of my favorite writers, um, a woman called Jan Robinson. She says this like, it's not about you. Like that person had a human moment, but we make it about us. We, we internalize those struggles and internalize those things. And we decide, oh, the reason that you know, my mom did this back in 10 years ago when she was a completely different person in a certain scenario was this and it means this about me and now I'm X and this is my identity. Yeah. But actually, that person just had a human moment. Even if it's, you know, in a relationship, you had an argument, um, even as bad as your partner cheated on you, like let's even go there. Mm-hmm. It's a human moment. And yes, that violates trust and boundaries and all those things. But ultimately, like I said earlier, there really is a profound choice. Um, and, and it's really uh, heartwarming to hear that you talk about that as well. So th- the question I had on, on that actually was, um, what are some of the, the common patterns? Because you've, how many people have you worked with at this point, like thousands, in your events? Thousands. thousands. So, so you've, you've worked with thousands of women. Um, what are some of the common patterns and struggles that you, or, or mistakes that you see people making yeah I mean leading on from that mistake that I was making in that moment is that I I, I was making it about why me instead of what for so victim when we fall into depression it's a victim pattern and we all, we all do it you know we fall into a blame so we're either blaming parents or something or someone um, and we're falling into that pattern of victim, which means we feel powerless and it's a very power, powerless um, energy. And the question generally is, why is this happening to me? When we're able to shift that and have that cognitive shift into moving it from why me into what for, and we just open up, even if it's hard in that moment, just open up to, okay, I can't see what for right now, but I'm, you know, I always say, God, please, when you're ready, I'm ready to see what for. I know I can't see it right now. This is really complicated. This is really sucks. Okay. But I, I know you wouldn't give me something or universe or source. That's funny because I, I think I just read that, that bit in your book about the press. So, yeah. <laughs> I like, you know, you, you just, you just want to be like 
I, I don't see it right now, but I'm willing to see it. And I think that's the miracle. The miracle there is a shift in thinking, right? And I think it's Marianne Williamson that says, says that so beautifully. A, a miracle is a shift in thinking. And it's going in that moment from, right, I, why me? Why me to what for? So one of the biggest patterns that people, when they come to me, they're saying to me, why did he leave me? Or why did he betray me? Or why after 35 years or after 10 years or after two years, after two months, whatever it is, you know? And one of the biggest mistakes is how long do you choose to stay in that space? Because some people way beyond the age of 25, which by the way, beyond the 25, 25 mark, you're not allowed to blame your parents anymore, you know? And it's just, it's just you know, after that, you're wasting your time, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> Come on, you're an adult. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Anthony Robbins that says that really beautifully. You know, if you if you hit 25, you no longer have the right to you know to, to blame your parents. But when you shift from why me to what for, it changed my whole world because suddenly when I got out of that bed that day and I made that phone call and then I went, wow, I almost didn't do that. And then I ended up in this uh, training room in front of all these unemployed people, changing lives, getting them back into work, and the ripple effect of all of that within weeks, I was like, whoa, I was like tiny, like this close to making it all about me, 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 me. And in that moment, I went, wow, you know, for me, the, the biggest ripoff, and this is one of the biggest mistakes we make, the biggest ripoff is not acknowledging what we came here for. And it's forgetting. And we get so much into only the world of what's not working for me and da, 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 me, 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 me. When in reality, as long as you're doing that, and this was the key message that came through to me in that moment when I was in bed, it's not about you, meant later on I realized it meant Anna you were born for something and there's a group of people assigned to you and as long as you are in your head and in your own little world you are not able to serve that group of people you are ripping that group of people off whether it's a family a community a world a nation whatever it is you know there's been a group of people assigned to you and I really do from a spiritual perspective I believe that yeah and that's why I believe there's no competition, there's no rivalry, because whoever you're supposed to work with, you're always going to work with. You just need to get yourself out of the way so that you can allow yourself to be that person so they can see you, right? So you can align. So that was one of the biggest mistakes when people stay stuck in the why me. Yeah, yeah um, you know, the difference between life happening to you versus for you, right? Uh, everything yeah. is is serving that divine calling or purpose. Or even if you don't, you know, you're not somebody who's religious or spiritual, just seeing it as uh, a mental block that you're creating this victimhood. Yeah. And and yeah. you're only going to add uh, confirmation to that, right? Um, yeah. what, what are some of the com other common um, patterns that you see coming up for, for people in, especially in like your mastery program, as you get to know them more? Um, what are some of the, you know, like if you would say the five big things that really, so you said one, which is, um, I why guess, me? victimhood, yeah. why me? Yeah. Um, but yeah. what are some of the other common yeah, for sure. um, blockages? Yeah. Another one is, is lack of self-trust, you know? So this is where I was saying that we can be quite Zen mastery when we're on our own. And then the moment we're going to relationship, um, I call it the crazy psycho bitch, you know, comes out and everyone finds it hilarious, but it's true. You know, this other crazy person comes out and it's like, oh my God, I don't recognize myself. What's going on? Ah! Um, <laughs> and, 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 and really what's happening is we tend to, we have a habit, no matter how powerful and independent a person can be, if they've had codependent tendencies, they will go into a relationship and they start to lose themselves. They have you look after that. I, my happiness is now your responsibility. And love becomes very conditional. It becomes very, you know, well, I'll be happy with you as long as you, 
dot, dot, dot. I love me the way that I expect you to love me, treat me the way I expect you to treat me. And it just gets really, really hardcore. So a lot of the time what happens is people lose their essence. They, you know, this is why I called it blossom and become, because I believe that individuals, human beings are like a rose. When they're grounded and rooted in their own garden, they blossom, they become, and the bee comes to them. But what happens is we very often, we rip ourselves out of the ground and we go running after the bee. So we lose our source of mm. vibrancy, color, fragrance, all our natural self. And then we wonder why the world seems like it's collapsing on us. Well, we're not rooted. We're not grounded. We've handed ourselves over. And we do that because essentially we're not trusting ourselves to keep ourselves grounded in our own garden. And we think, oh, no, that person's garden is better. So we fly off afterwards, after them, you know, um, losing ourselves in that. So essentially that boils down to not trusting myself. When I don't trust myself, it means that I tend to hand my happiness over to somebody else. There you go. You're responsible for my heart now. The other thing that we do is we run non-trusting patterns. And these are the most common ones. Um, we run a belief system that says, I don't trust myself, others or the world. And how that shows up, um, Keshav, is that we tend to not allow others to help us feel safe. We try and go alone a lot. Okay, and nowadays we've got such, especially in women, we have an epidemic of very beautiful, successful, independent women who are just totally like in this crazy, I've got it, I don't need help kind of mode, right? Go, 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 go. And, you know, emasculating the men in their life, if you like, there's no room for masculine energy to come in. And then they're coming to me going, I don't know why I'm still single. I'm like, well, you're not trusting yourself. You're not trusting anybody. You're not letting anyone in, you know? So this is a big problem. If you ask me what the key issues are around the mastery, I'm dealing with a beautiful client group. You know, they're powerful in their own right. They're independent, successful, beautiful women um, struggling with trust uh, issues, which can can go one of two ways. Either I hand myself completely over to you and I become codependent on you and that, that pushes that person away mm. or I push you away before you do it. Yeah. So the other way that that pattern manifests is that we unconsciously set people up to fail. Feel betrayed and they say, see, told you, couldn't trust you. There you go. There's another one. And so there's an undercurrent that wants to be right about the fact that people can't be trusted. Yeah. Um, and we'd rather be right than be happy. You know, because 95% of our behavior is running this, I don't trust myself, others, or the world. So these are the kind of patterns that people display. And they come back to me and go, see, there, there's another one. See, I told you I can't trust people. See, that's what pe that's what meant, especially women about men. That's what meant. I'm like, well, imagine. You're living your life to fulfill on that prophecy. How about that? How's that going for you? <laughs> <laughs> you keep finding evidence again and again and again for it. Uh, so there's, I could go on and on and on. I don't know how many you've, you've written there. I think I've given you about three, four. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you, you, yeah, you've definitely covered quite a few. I'm, I'm almost, my brain is going off on crazy tangents. Um, you know, what you're talking about there reminds me of, and I'm pretty sure it is the attachment style stuff, like anxious and avoidant um, sure. tendencies where you're kind of either completely becoming yes. clingy or you're completely pushing mm. people away. Um, yeah. One thing that I was interested in that you you talked about kind of um, indirectly there was um, trusting yourself, but also maintaining like healthy boundaries within a relationship, because I think um, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff out there for breakups. There's a lot of stuff out there for getting finding the right person, attracting the right person um, in terms of like long-term relationships for the person who's listening who wants their honeymoon period to to last forever um i guess even a question on that is like 
is that realistic? Can you expect that? Um, is it always going to be uh, sunshine and rainbows? Or like, can you live at that very peak of fulfillment? Um, and also like the difference between a good relationship versus a great relationship. You know, I know I've coached people before who've, they get into a good relationship. So it's stable, like the other person ticks most of the boxes. Um, but there's, you know, like at a certain point, maybe like a a year or two in the spark kind of just withers a little bit and they fall into those patterns you described where, um, those rules come into play and the conditions of love. Um, so yeah, I guess the question I'm asking here is how do you sustain a epic relationship? And, and is that realistic? It's it's good, great, or how can we keep great long-term? And I think the question really is how can I keep that long-term with myself? Because Mm -hmm. the relationship outside of me is completely and 100% dependent on my relationship with self. That's the number one. Am I maintaining my relationship with myself? That's number one in order to give that relationship the biggest chance of doing that. Then, then let's move into outside of us and go into that relationship. We need to bear in mind that like anything, we're going to go through ebbs and flows and we're going to go through certain situations. Um, particularly the first two years, I have an uncle who's an, um, in a neuroscientist and he talks about the chemistry and uh you know relationships and the brain and everything that happens and we once had an amazing conversation he's based back home in latin america and he explained to me he said you do realize that the first two years of a relationship it's it's pretty much chemistry did you know that it's like pure chemistry Mm. and this is why a lot of relationships struggle at the two-year mark right forget seven years for now two-year mark right i'm like you're freaking kidding me goes yeah because that's when the relationship really begins that's when it's no longer about the butterflies and the chemistry that's when you really choose each other and you start going forward generally speaking it's a two-year mark from a chemical basis right so imagine you're dealing with that already it's like who's coming into the relationship is it a bunch of hormones you know um i think the essence to an ongoing great relationship is who's going into the relationship in the first place because if you've got a limper i.e someone who's really anxious going in with an avoidance that's the formula for disaster you know, it's, it's very rarely that that works. Um, who's, if, if you're going in as a limper, let's call it, because you've got all these stuff that you haven't resolved within yourself, and then you, you're very likely to attract another limper. You're going to go in and you're just both limper limpers, right? And uh, it, so that's that's another conversation. I would say that the key, um, Keshav, in terms of sustaining a long-term great relationship is how are you sustaining your relationship with yourself? Are you trusting yourself? Because if you are trusting yourself, here's the thing. This is the analogy that I always use. If you look at a bird on a tree, she never worries about the branch underneath her feet breaking. Why? Because she trusts her own wings. It's got nothing to do with the tree. So when you trust yourself to that degree, it doesn't really, really, really have such a holding on you what goes on to happen in that relationship. It can it can fizzle out, it can die, it can grow, it can expand, it can come to an end, it can conclude, whatever, but you're still trusting yourself solidly and you're able to hold your ground. Yeah. And that's so important. But ultimately, moving forward from good to great, I would say, what are your top values? Are they aligning with that person's top values? And are you honoring those values on an ongoing basis? Freedom being a really big part, freedom, um, sensitivity, communication being really important parts of this. You know, you want to get that two whole universes are coming together when it comes to a relationship, like complete two total universes. And it's such an 
art to get these to work, you know? And, but there are so many elements. But yeah, can we expect that the relationship forever is going to be incredible and amazing? No, it's like any business or any endeavor. It's going to have really rough days. It's going to have rough times, you know, sales mm. peak, sales don't, this happens, performance. Blah, blah, blah. And I think a good one to throw in there as well is like, you, you also have very mediocre days <laughs> where, you know, you're, you're doing the laundry and you're folding clothes yeah. and yeah. watching Big Brother or something. Yeah. And you've got, you know, and you know, and then you've got your own personal performance. You've got your own days where you're going to have better days than other days personally, which is going to bring into the relationship. You're going to have days where people are going to feel a bit more independent, a bit more clingy, a bit more, you know, so many factors that can come to play in a relationship, depending on what's going on in your career, what's going on with your health, what's going that's going to come in and play in that relationship. And I think it's coming down to what are your original agreements? What are your values? And are they being honored? you know and then we've got the whole idea of an old model of love and a new model of love and that's that's a whole other conversation you know a a lot of the reason why or a big part of the reason why a lot of relationships don't work today nowadays is because basically we have only had love in in marriage for a very small amount of time so it's only been really in the last 100 150 years that love has become a part of the institute of marriage it used to just be like a social construct yeah reasons right so if you think about it, we've not been highly trained in how to love. Our grandparents and our great-grandparents have been kind of the pioneers of this. So if you think about it, how experts are we? So we've inherited a set of um, rules around love, which is very, uh, very conditional. Uh, it's a, a new model of love, which is the conversation we're now entering to. Very different. It's a very different conversation. It's an invitation to love instead of a demand for love. Yeah, mm. and it's very much based on freedom and sensitivity. And there's all these changes in roles as well, you know, because the masculine we had certain expectations of them in the past. Now it's changed, and everyone's kind of confused. The feminine and the masculine, who does what and what are the roles? And before it used to be very simple, yeah, right. Everyone yeah. knew what their role was. Now it's like, what? What's going on? And the men are kind of trying to find their place, and the women are trying. And then you've got everything in between, right? So. Um, so ultimately, we're entering into a whole new model of love, which is, you know, based on sensitivity and freedom and integrity. And that's a very different paradigm. So, yeah, so I, I believe that in terms of rule of thumb, are we educating ourselves in relationship? Are we allowing ourselves to be guided? Are we open to learning new ways, like the new way of loving and letting go of what we've inherited from our parents and our grandparents, which not necessarily is going to support the way we can love our partners today? Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely an art um there's an like i like to think of love as like any relationship there's an art of loving somebody so at the beginning you know i'm learning to play the piano at the moment i suck nice. like i absolutely suck <laughs> no, nobody asked me to play because all i can play is ding dong merrily on high and everyone in my house <laughs> but at the beginning you you go through a period where you kind of suck but you've got to follow certain parameters but the more you practice the more I get to know my particular piano the way the keys feel and how my hands need to be positioned and over time just like a painter drawing you begin begin to be able to express yourself more and you're more artistic with it and I like to think of a relationship as as an art form because Mm. when I get to know you even since the last time we spoke you have changed and I have changed sure and so I have to adapt to who, who am I? Yeah. 
And how is Anna? Like, what, what's going on for you right now? And how can I give value? How can I relate to you right now in this moment and make sure that, you know, if this is a dance, I'm, I'm here, I'm present, but I'm also moving with the new dance moves or, you know, you might have like a new hairstyle or you're wearing something different, you've got a new tango, whatever it might be. And, and it really does take um, persistent practice to, to get to know, and I know from my own relationship, to get to know someone at a very deep level and understand, hey, you know what? Like if I'm late, even though it's not a big thing for me, that's like a, a deal. That's not a deal breaker, but it's, it's a, I'm infringing on that person's values or mm-hmm. this person really appreciates words of affirmation. And so I need to make sure that I'm giving that even though that's what I want, I got to make sure this is what they need. And you know what? This is why the game changes. In 10 years, it may not be that. It might be quality time or it might be physical Absolutely. touch. It might be family time, whatever. But the, the landscape is always changing because I think a lot of people forget this. Like, don't hold on to the image of who you were and who they were at the beginning. Like, it's always changing. You always, like, I joke to, to my partner, like, I'll, I'll do crazy, ridiculous things because I want any guy that comes up to you and is interested. Cause let's not forget, like people are interested just cause you're in a relationship. It doesn't mean they're not like, mm-hmm. is he going to wash your dishes for you? Is he going to come and like shine? Like I'll do all of those things and be present. And then what you got for me, fam? Cause I guarantee there's no one out there that's going to do those things. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. Uh, like it's such an art form. And I, mm-hmm. I really love what you said about, um, old versus new models of love. And I, I see um, in my own experiences as a young South Asian um, person, like how those clash as well, those, those mm-hmm. generational differences of what um, the previous generation's idea of what a relationship should be and how that family dynamic affects like new relationships and what our expectations are. And there's always like a, you know, who, tug of war between what what uh, is expected of different people so uh, like it's a really powerful thing that you've um, shared with us there about that that old and, and new model of love and it's, it's exciting for me because we're pioneers like we it's get to exciting. make the rule book mm. yeah like there is no there's no um restriction like we get to create the playbook and teach ourselves like well well how do we want to love that's a yeah. great question to ask yeah. What does it look like? Um, a question I wrote down actually was, you talked about self-love. What, do, what does that look like for you? Because I think self-love is a massive and, word. And, and the, okay. So uh, uh, I get asked that question a lot. And, and as I say, remember, it's very easy to, to practice these things when you're, in it, when you're not in a relationship. And then when you're in a relationship, all your triggers get set off, right? So... <laughs> I think it's just so important. I think the greatest art of self-love is know what is important to you. What is the most important thing to you and what are your non-negotiables? What are you not willing to negotiate? And stand so clear in those non-negotiables. And then you bring that into the relationship. You come ready like, look, this is me. This is These are my non-negotiables, right? Especially if, if someone is single, a lot of the time what we find is that we negotiate our non-negotiables to try and fit in a relationship that is not going to work because we're negotiating things that shouldn't be negotiated. And very often we do that in relationships as well. We're going very clear about who we are and then eventually we end up totally um, losing ourselves inside of that relationship. So the ultimate self-love for me is 
staying true to me. And that means that, you know, what is my what is my commitment? So let's say, for example, when you use the example of, you know, washing the dishes and all these kind of things, which is beautiful. That's inside of your commitment, perhaps one of your top values being service. Right. So you're honoring that part of you. Right. But if for someone else that is not a top priority for them and it's not a top value for them, it would be a very different scenario, be a very different Mm -hmm. conversation. Right. So what is it that is is not it's, it's just not negotiable for you. And then whoever comes along, if they're not able to align with those no negotiables, they're just not your people. That is it. And we need to be that kind of clear because the reason why we come up with problems later on in our relationships is that we, we, we ignore red flags they were there the whole time and we ignore them and so non-negotiables they don't meet them not my people next you know it's it's it's, it's very 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 simple what is important to me and always asking yourself the question does this honor me does this honor me Am I being quiet right now in this conversation or this debate with my partner or this argument am I being quiet out of you know wanting to withhold and not wanting to stand and, and honor who I am and just to save, you know, to create peace? Or am I really coming from a space of honoring myself? Always asking yourself that question, hang on a minute, does this really work for me? And rechecking, not with pride, but with your, with your higher self. Does this work for me? Does this honor me? And if the answer is, yeah, you'll, you'll find that the actions consistent with that will surprise you. What you'd be willing to do inside of that is quite shocking. Like, Wow, I never imagined I'll do this for anybody. But it's honoring me and it's honoring my commitment for this relationship. Yeah. Mm. And then sometimes it may also look like a clear, no, I'm not prepared to do that. You know, and you may have to deal with the upset of your partner. And it doesn't mean I don't love you and it doesn't mean I'm not committed to this relationship. That just doesn't honor who I am. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. I believe that is a, a real and that and that's an art and it takes for many people a long time to learn to trust themselves enough to say no when they mean no and it doesn't honor them. And it's okay that there are going to be people in your life that are going to be a little bit upset with you when you say no. And some people are so afraid of that. It's like, no, you need to be okay with that. That's me. me. I need to love and honor me first. And I guess that really comes back to what you said at the beginning, right? It's so, so, so it sounds simple, but it's not easy. Is is honoring, like you said, honoring self and knowing you like, these are my values. These are my non-negotiables. Um, mm-hmm. I have a client who hopefully she'll be listening to this later on. Uh, we sat down and we worked on like, Okay, so write down, and it's a good exercise for anyone listening and you want to know, like, what are my non-negotiables? Here's, like, a really easy exercise. Number one, just write down everything you want in a partner, as much detail as you can think of, like, all of your tense, so emotionally, spiritually, sexually, like, everything. You know, what kind of dates do you go on? What do they look like? You know, do they need to have certain, uh, like, do they need to have a beard? Do they need to have, like, long hair? What is it? And then go through that list. And once you've got everything down, highlight the things that are a must. Like some of the things you think, yeah, you know, I'd like them to be a rich footballer, but maybe <laughs> maybe not in this <laughs> lifetime. Um, I'll settle for, you know, nice paying job. But what are from there the non-negotiables? And, and the flip is, at the, at the end you say, well, who do I need to be to both attract and maintain a relationship with this kind of person? because like you said on the literally on the front cover of your book I don't know how if it can be any more clear like you can't attract what you want like you have to blossom so that the bee comes um what 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 in your experience um have you been doing to 
to, to navigate the, some of those and what have been some of like the, the difficult moments for you as well as a, as a person who's, I'm assuming, in a relationship um, where you've had to navigate those boundaries? Because I think the longer that you're with someone, you, you're constantly evolving. And so those boundaries shift and change and those moments and conversations have to continually um, be renegotiated. Yeah, Kesha, this is a great question. I'm really glad that you brought up because that's probably at the at the core of my conversation right now. I believe that successful relationships don't mean that they last a lifetime. Successful relationships can come to an end. They can have a sell by date, and that's actually the conversation that was that was my 2018 conversation. For me, got to a point in my world. This is my journey where I outgrew, and I my journey became so. Um, the speed and the velocity of my journey became such that it no longer served me for me to be in a relationship that I was in. It served me up until a certain point. And then it just, I began to feel that it wasn't anymore. And then it was a set of conversations. So one of the, and you'll see this actually through my whole book, yeah, where I've had several relationships that were beautiful relationships. And then it got to a point after two, three, four, five years where it just felt for me like my soul was saying, mm -mm, time to move on and that was my personal journey and one of the hardest things to navigate was what's my family going to say one of my hardest things to navigate was well by now and I should be married and have children and have what 2.5 kids and blah 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 right and for me and this is a journey that mirrors in many people's lives is honoring what's the most important thing for me right now my journey what I'm about and being able to have the discernment to look within and go yeah, actually, this relationship can successfully complete or be ended now. And having that mutual conversation, that mutual agreement and going, right, I think this is where we part. And having those incredible endings, actually, because it doesn't have to be anything disastrous or dramatic. Or anything like <laughs> it, that. Yeah, it doesn't need to be that, that no, scene out of the notebook. No. Like, you know, it doesn't absolutely. have to be drama, guys. No. And um, and just having these incredible, it's not a failure for me. And, you know, one of the biggest breakthroughs that I had to have at the end of, well, last year um, was I'm the relationships coach. Surely I should be in a relationship. You know, as you that, said, that was going to be my next question. Actually. Yeah. And the like, that I imagine there was a lot of pressure of, oh my you know, the, the ego around like, oh, I'm the person who helps people fix relationships or heal yeah. and have great relationships and I'm going through a breakup like what yeah uh, or I should just keep this relationship because I'm the relationship coach and therefore when I get interviewed or people say well I'm assuming you're in a relationship or in order for you to qualify as a relationships coach you need to be in a relationship it's like and it took me a while to get that it's like wow the nonsense and the ego right um around that and uh, and then I came to be able to tell the truth and go actually there's nothing more liberating than telling the truth that um a, a a relationship coming to an end uh, doesn't mean it's a failure of you or the relationship. You know, it's a completion of an era for me. And at the moment, to be able to travel light, this is how I call it at the moment in my in my world right now, it's, it's, it's just, um, it's foundational. It's, it's, it's at the epicenter of my work that I'm doing right now and all the changes that I'm going through. So that is something that, you know, hands up and it's so liberating for so many women when they come to me and they go really I'm like yeah there is no shame 
and you living your life according to your values and what's important to you. And we're living in a brand new time of relationships models, right? And it doesn't need to look look a certain way. So it's really exciting times. Yeah, it's really, really exciting times. So I'm glad that you asked me that question. There's your thank, answer. Thank you for How do I navigate uh, through that? Answering yeah, so, so honestly, um, and this, is, this is why you're like one of my favorite coaches. <laughs> I, I, knew you, I knew you would come with the realness. Um, what, what, what was the, that moment for you where the penny really dropped and you thought, Nah, like, because I, I imagine, you know, I think the longer that you're with somebody, the more, um, the more you, like, they become your best friend, right? You know, mm-hmm. that's the person mm-hmm. you spend so many, you build so many memories yeah. with, um, you really care about this person. At the same time, you really care about and love yourself. And so there's this clash of, you got that feeling in your stomach, like, oh man, Sutton mm-hmm. is not quite fit in here. Uh, and, and like you said, there's always the flags, but you, I, you know, what, what's that moment for you where you thought, yeah, this is what I need to do. This is the, like the, the road has, has changed slightly. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, your heart, your soul always speaks. You always start feeling something doesn't quite feel right. Um, and then we try and ignore it. And, you know, the energy I love to use is that we're walking down a, I don't know, a hilly kind of road out there in the outbacks of Australia I don't know imagine something like that really dusty and you're walking down you know the street or the the hills and then suddenly a little little, tiny little pebble comes rolling down the the rocks and hits you and you're like ouch yeah that's the first sign it's like "Mm, yeah maybe I should get off this lane you know and then suddenly a a bigger stone just comes rolling down and whacks you and you're like ouch that really hurt but we stay on the same lane and it's only when a massive boulder comes down and flashes you squeezes you on the floor that's when you don't get that maybe it's time to move on right Um, and what I have learned is that we've experienced and we've time uh, it doesn't get easier because you've always got more at stake so I always had a reason why not to leave relationships in the past you know for financial reasons or for family what would they say or status or whatever right and then it comes to a point right this time where it's none of those reasons except my soul is saying it is time to move on and very often it's 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 really hard to explain but I just learned to listen to myself and I know that it's time to move on. And, um, and, and I think the moment is, is when you wake up in the morning and you just have this weight and there's this like, yeah, this is not, this is not me. This is not me. And it's just because I'm not having the communication that I know I need to have. And it's the dreaded, Oh my God, I've got to tell the truth. (laughs) And you know what? One of the, one of the biggest things is we avoid, we avoid pain. All right. Mm. The thing is, pain is mandatory in life. Suffering is optional. So we can face the pain. It's like a hurricane. You see it coming. It's like, oh, my God, I'm running away from this hurricane. I'm running away from this hurricane. But you can step into it, deal with it, face solitude in the eye, face sadness in the eye, face, face the fear of failure, whatever it is in the eye, and step right through it and sit in it. And you'll find that actually the whole time you were suffering because you were trying to avoid a period of pain for yourself and for that person. But actually, me staying somewhere where my heart is no longer wanting to say is is the biggest dishonoring, not just to myself, but to that person. Because I'm not going to be able to be 100% for that person. Today, that Mm -hmm. person and I are really good friends. We're bestest of friends, yeah? And it, and it, it, it allows me to honor that person within this space now, whereas before I couldn't do that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think um, a big, a big thing that you, you said there is that um, I guess it gets to a place where you end up choosing something else rather than choosing yourself every day. And, and so you wake up and you realize 
yo, I need to choose me today. And that, and also, you know, being in that, if you can, let's say you, you didn't make that choice, you stay with what's comfortable. Um, it's not right for that person because you're not choosing them anymore as well. You're not, um, really like fully committed to, to the relationship. Um, it kind of reminds me of, um, I really enjoyed like one of my favorite books this year has been uh, from a guy called David Goggins, uh, Can't Hurt Me. And um, this guy, I've seen him around on YouTube and I was like, uh, it's just some like crazy military guy talking about like being really disciplined and stuff. But I, I, his story is incredible. Um, he basically went through loads and loads of um, abuse, um, like difficulty growing up, went into the army, um, became a Navy SEAL and later on became an ultra marathon runner. So running like a hundred miles. Um, and he talks about in the book, be uncommon amongst uncommon men. And that lit like, I'll be honest with you and everyone listening. It's literally blown my mind because I always, I always thought about like be extraordinary between like that is like in ordinary people, but how this guy took it a level beyond. And he says, yeah, I wanted to be uncommon amongst uncommon men. So Navy SEALs are already like mm. crazy, like different. Um, mm. But he, he was, he, he was, he took his mindset to such a level and his path was so deep that even amongst his crew, he wanted to be uncommon. And he says um, in a podcast I listened to, he was saying, listen, like there's going to be people around you that they don't like that because you going on your path and choosing yourself, it kind of makes them feel bad. It makes them feel a certain way out of no fault of your own because they're measuring themselves against you. You're kind of saying no to the expectation that you've set as a collective. But it was such a, you know, it's not related to relationships, but it's definitely related to self-love because he just said, like, I'm going to go through pain every day. And and in the, he describes one chapter, like how he ran an ultra marathon with no preparation and broken legs, his kidneys failed and he still kept on going. And he was using the analogy of Roger, Roger Bannister, um, who ran the first 13 minute mile. Um, and people were like, no, you can't do your body's going to break. Um, and they were saying the same thing to him. And I think like that is a tremendous act of courage. What you described, you know, no one's ever going to give you any plaudits for it. No one's ever going to kind of say, oh my God, Anna, like, here's a medal. Like, well done, you're so courageous today. But that is what self-love looks like. And I, I, I really wanted to take a moment here to like acknowledge you and, and celebrate you for, okay. for, for taking that um, like courageous step with complete like vulnerability. Um, Thank you. The, the, the other question I had based on that um, was, so, so you're, you're this relationships person everyone knows you everyone knows your partner i'm assuming and you go through this breakup um that you've uh, initiated or for whatever reason how where do you go from there like what does anna garcia do to get over a breakup in 2018 because that to me is really interesting because you've learned so much about relationships what were your um practices or thoughts or things that you thought okay this is what i need to do now to really heal rather than just recover yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, I had to allow the emotions to run through, right? So um, if that meant crying and crying, because obviously there's a grievance, there was a while, there was a period of grievance, there was a period of grievance. Did it stop me from doing my work? Nope. 
um, it was actually part of my most, it's very often my most successful, my most performing days or events are those when I'm in raw pain, believe it or not. Yeah, because same. I connect, right? I can connect with people on a whole new level. The level of empathy, the sensitivity, I don't know what happens, right? But it's just the whole, you know, so I, I, I know what it's like to be in a, in a really like, you know, it's just raw pain wanting to come through me so i'll let the tears come out it doesn't need to go into drama or anything it's just tea literally i'm in pain so it's the pain of loss it's the pain of grief and i'll allow it to just come out as many times as often as it needed to you know and then i'll be on the phone hey this is anna garcia da, 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 da. and it was like it was incredible the performance on a day like that uh, <laughs> compared to an average day, right? And then my, my, my bestest friends could not believe it. Like, you know, I'll tell them my targets for the day and I was exceeding my targets and yet they know I'll send them a picture possibly just take a look at my eyes. Like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. and like, wow, like seriously. And I'm like, no, you just need to get on with it. Why? Because it's the same thing. It's not about me. It's about that person. So on the one hand, it was allowing myself to grieve. It was allowing myself to go through the emotions. And one thing that it allows me to share with, with people who come to me and go, how do I do this? I'm in so much pain. I just want to call him and get him back. I'm like, listen, you need to understand you're going to go through, uh, I call them grieving contractions. So very often you're dealing with different parts of you. You're dealing with the attachment of a relationship as well. So you know you have a commitment to let a relationship go, but there may be parts of you that are completely attached to the routine of seeing someone, to the habits that you had together. And that's, they can become quite addictive. So there's the attachment side, there's the addiction side, there's the physical addiction side as well, depending on what uh, hobbies you shared together and things like that. So there's going to be parts of you that are literally like, it's like letting go of sugar or letting go of cigarettes or alcohol. Your body's literally you're going to physically go yep okay now's a good time for a cigarette and you're like no remember the commitment is is not so you need to be okay with these grievance contractions and they're going to be moments where they just come and you have these impulses of oh i need to call this person i need to get back with them or i need to and then you're like no remember the commitment and it's just another part of you that is um you know that little you that is used to uh, you know these habits and the, the physical side and all of that aspect so yeah it's about living through the emotion and knowing that this will also pass and you'll be surprised everyone runs their own processes um i've gone through so many to be honest none of them get easier but i've gone through so many that it just becomes they become the periods are intense but they're shorter and they're shorter because you now know how to disassociate or separate um suffering from pain you know drama from reality you know okay this is what i'm going through this is what's happened i don't need to add anything else to it you know i think that's such a massive word like um drama because yeah, like you said it you can look at it as a oh my god like like you said earlier why is this happening to me um or you can look at it as yeah uh this is just how things are, are are kind of playing out um it feels like a really good place to wrap up today's um conversation but i also wanted to just add in here um about those contractions like interestingly losing someone that's close to you is like losing a limb so like if you if you literally had your arm cut off like how long would you rest and recover you'd go to the physio you'd spend time really healing um and trying to like learn to walk without that limb so it makes sense to like treat it the same way um yeah i want to thank you so much for all of your time and your energy today like all the wisdom the vulnerability the the courageousness um I'm really enjoying your book. Um, where can people find you if they're looking for you on social media and all that kind of jazz? And, and 
how does the relationships intensive thing work for those of you who are in London or in the UK and uh, they want to come down and say hello in person? Yeah, absolutely. So it's relationshipsintensive.com. That's the website. And Facebook is Anna Garcia. And uh, uh, Instagram is Anna Relationships Int. So, <laughs> awesome. um, so yeah, I mean, uh, if they want to come down to the event, relationshipsintensive.com, we've always got an event coming up and they can sign up for free. And what I do is I usually, you know, pick up the phone and, Hey, how you doing? Thank you for registering. Let's have a quick chat. I want to know more about what's going on with you. Why are you coming and spending the whole day yeah, with you? And you can have yeah. the chance to have a chat with you and stuff like that. I love, I love that personal touch. Um, and the Instagram is popping off. Like I follow you as well. And um, I'm loving the post. So definitely go and check out her stuff. If you do, like leave a little comment saying, hello, Keshav um, sent me. Um, give Anna a little hello and uh, leave your comments down below with the main insight from today. You know, as you, as I've mentioned before on this podcast, it's not just about what you know, it's about what you do. So that the step from today, if you really want to ingrain the message that we've gained today, um, comment below, tell us your main insights. And uh, see you in the next episode of the Lost in Life podcast.